0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where I've officially become one of those people who drives around with, like, 30 bags in their car, and you wonder if they live in their car, but they don't. They just haven't done their returns. (sighs) Glad I got that off my chest. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam Wallach, host of That's Life, and the voice and face of Breaking Bread Oven on Instagram. I had a lot of fun on Instagram this week. If you haven't checked it out, you should see what I got going on there. I'm also the head of social responsibility at Crossover Bank. You can find me here every Thursday Right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. Yeah, so basically, in trying to structure my time properly and use every minute to the fullest, I've decided to sort of passive-aggressively bully myself into taking care of things by driving around with bags. I'm telling you, all those people I've made fun of over the years who have no room for people in their car because they have all their bags, you know those people, also like, you know, the empty cups, the empty bottles, all that stuff that's like piled up in the passenger seat. Right now, that's me. That's me. If you see me driving down the highway, you'll see that I'm i am not even a bit exaggerating. There are bags coming out of bags. My bags have bags. That's where I'm at because I'm trying to figure out how to manage my time properly. So I figure at least if I have it all in the car, I'll get some stuff done. No. At this point, I'm literally just driving around with bags. That's where I am at this point. But it's all good. It's all good, and I thank everyone who tuned in for the Kosher Halftime Show this week. It was an unbelievable experience, I mean that sincerely. We've done a lot of great shows, a lot of great Kosher Halftime shows. Uh, I, I mean that with all my heart. I'm proud of every single production. But this one, this one pulled at my heartstrings. It tugged at every single one of them. I watched it. I was moved. I thank Rav Shlomo Katz, and I thank his entire team, Avital and the entire team, for their hard work. I mean, frankly... The Ministry of Tourism for Israel really should have sponsored that show. I I mean, we all know that. And the Ministry of the Diaspora. And every single, I don't know, member of of Bennett's team who haven't figured out yet how to connect or that diaspora jury needs to be reconnected to Israel. Yeah, you're welcome. We did it for you. Yep, we did. And by the way, you should watch it also and tweet it out. Why don't you pass that message along to, uh, you know, people in Israel who need to see it? It's a phenomenal show. It's exceedingly moving, and God knows that footage, I mean, that is God's country, folks. That is God's country. If you haven't watched it yet, don't worry. It's up on our site. You can definitely go check it out. You can also find it on YouTube. Go check it out. Kosher Halftime 2022 didn't disappoint. And the better thing about this Kosher Halftime show— in comparison to the Super Bowl halftime show or the big game halftime show, as we're supposed to be calling it, is that it's good for every age group. I didn't watch the halftime show produced by the NFL. I didn't watch any of the game either, but all I know is that basically only people in their 40s appreciated the halftime show. That's what I heard. People in their 50s didn't get it. People below 40 didn't get it, but everyone in their 40s was like, this is the best show ever. Dude. Not the way to produce a show. Check out the Kosher Halftime Show and buy a clue. That's right. Buy a clue. Let's do the national holidays. And then we are going to do my last fortune cookie in the studio. That's right. Captain's Log. Shortage on uh, fortune cookies. I will have to make sure to restock before the next show. All right. So February. We got a lot going on in February. That is for sure. One second. For some reason or another, I cannot see out of my glasses. Isn't that bizarre? I can't see out of my glasses at this moment. Yeah, I got a new prescription. I haven't gotten it filled yet. And as a result, it's like super wonky when I have to look at a screen. All right. All right. I'm with you. Let's go. Today is National PTA Founders Day. That's right. It's also Random Acts of Kindness Day. That's nice. Just a reminder, also September 1st is also Random Acts of Kindness Day. It's World Human Spirit Day. Okay, great! It's my way day. That's right. As a random act of kindness, you can agree to doing everything my way. That's how you kill two birds with one stone. It's also analog to digital TV day. I, I, I you know, we have we have national holidays like that, and it again makes me wonder how there's no. Nahum Siegel Network Day. If there could be a day of analog to digital TV day, which frankly, no one under, I don't know, 35, 40, has a clue what any of that means. I mean, that's super, super inside baseball. Then there has to be a Nahum Siegel Network Day. Let's do the fortune cookie. The lone fortune cookie here in the studio. Sad but true. We need to restock. Here we go spectacular accomplishment is never preceded by less than spectacular preparation. All right, can we just note the skill that it took me to get that sentence out? Those are big words, but I like the sentiment. Spectacular accomplishment is never preceded by less than spectacular preparation. I will tell you as a side note, last week um, in having Chinese food for dinner, I got a fortune in my fortune cookie that said, you are literate. Thank you, Confucius. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And as many of you know and have seen on Instagram and have seen through social media, Miriam Pascal Cohn, or as we know her as the overtime cook, is in need of a kidney. Um, She is suffering from some kind of kidney disease and is in need of a kidney donation. And she's using her platform and her popularity with 41,000 plus followers on Instagram to not only bring attention and awareness to kidney donation and the opportunities available for potential kidney donors, but also to heighten her own plea that someone should hopefully be the right match and give her a new life. Renewal.org is where you find information about kidney donation. Renewal is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping living kidney donors navigate all aspects of the donation process. And I am incredibly proud and excited to speak to Dr. Stuart Greenstein. He is board certified by the American Board of General Surgery and is a UNOS certified transplant surgeon who has been a dedicated senior member of the Montefiore Medical Center kidney transplant program, for more than 30 years, Dr. Greenstein is a member of more than 20 medical societies and has served on the American Society of Transplant Surgery Ethics Committees and Standards on Organ Procurement Committee. Finally, he writes this, which I think is amazing. His greatest achievement in the Jewish world has been the medical doctor who was the guiding force and developer of Project Renewal, all while still doing ya- dafiomi and Kolakavod to him as he is in his third cycle of of the DAF, Doc, good morning and thank you for joining me.
1: Good morning, thank you for having me.
0: It is absolutely a pleasure and I on beha- and a, a line often heard here at the Nahum Siegel Network is when Nahum will visit a, uh, an, an organization or an institution and thank all the people who work there for their hard work and their great work on behalf of the Jewish people. So I, I would begin our time right now for thanking you or with thanking you, for your hard work on behalf of all Jewish people.
1: My pleasure. Uh, I get more nachas than you can imagine from doing it.
0: Well, I, 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 I imagine that 30 years of it, you have seen a tremendous amount of nachas. then.
1: <laughs> I have. I've been to a lot of chasnas, bar mitzvahs, and Brit, britim over the years, and it's been a wonderful journey.
0: So your first transplant was in what year?
1: My first transplant, I did my fellowship in, uh, my vascular fellowship in 84, 85. And during that year of fellowship, I actually scrubbed on the transplants with the vascular surgeons who were actually transplant surgeons. And then I went on to do a transplant fellowship at Downstate where I did transplants. Following that, I finally went on my own. Um, I went to Hahnemann where I was the acting director of transplant from 86 to 88. And after that, I decided to come back home to New York. And I've been at Montefiore since
0: 1988. And you um, and you started Renewal when?
1: So Renewal started um, in 2005, approximately. It was at a dinner meeting at my patient's home in Borough Park, where my patient's husband was there, um, Sandy Arenstein was there, Mendy Reiner was there, Rabbi Simons was there, and I was there, and we spoke about how to help. Uh, patients, Jewish patients specifically, who needed transplants. How could we work? And I, and they brought up the whole idea that we should be able to use the Kesher that we have in the Jewish community to find living donors. And I said, absolutely, this will work because let's face it, we all know that Javier Kois Israel. We have that connection to each other, and with that, we started renewal. It was a slow process. Uh, that was in 2005. The first one was December 6. 2006, it was a young woman from Eris Row who needed a transplant. She actually had a previous transplant when she was approximately six years old, and, and that was done at um, Minnesota. Her uncle had gave her a kidney. Then she had her second transplant um, in Columbia, South America, not Columbia PNS, huh. but it was a in and out. It, it was a technical misadventure. And here she had recently got married had no children. So, of course, as you can imagine, in our circles, this was not only a transplant to give somebody back their life, but also to save the marriage in many ways. Oh. It was a very ultra-Orthodox family. So on, these, so on December 6, 2006, was the first renewal transplant. I had the, uh, the chuse of doing it at Montefiore. And um, it was from a donor that I see still every once in a while at renewal events. I know he's the first donor, and um, she went on, uh, the uh, young woman went on to have, I think it's either five or six children. Wow. They live in Ericsson Um and I, um, when I go to Ericsson which is fairly frequently because my daughter lives there, they usually come to visit with the five kids. Amazing. The first child uh the bakar is a uh they have as a boy. So that little pinky of that bakar I feel like I own to some <laughs> degree because by being involved, you know, and then transplant. It, it's an interesting story from a different point of view. Her grandmother was my patient when I was a fellow at Downstate. Wow. And unfortunately that was back in eighty five, eighty six, and they had given me a sitter, very, very small sitter. Ashkenazi sitter, which uh, I used until I needed to start reading reading glasses, which I then gave to my daughter to use. But more importantly, the grandmother, um, she had lost her kidney. I always felt that I had an unwritten promise that um, I had to transplant her again. And I never did get a chance to transplant her again, but instead, I transplanted her granddaughter. Wow. So for me, it was like a legacy transplant. And I I didn't know this when I first met her from Aristotle. And it, for me it was a very, very special transplant. They afterwards the family then gave me a sitter, a big sitter. <laughs> a, spotty, a big body sitter. So I don't use it that much. Uh but um these these little gifts that I get sometimes are very, very special for me. Well what an um, incredible like said,
0: story. What an incredible story the way God works in mysterious ways. That is that is unbelievable. You know, in discussing fur that that person who was the first donor for that first transplant it is amazing to me that in speaking to someone who has donated a a kidney through renewal they referred to the kidney that they donated as their spare kidney like it like we came with spare tires like it's an extra organ <laughs> that we have and I I wonder if that is if that is a a classic mindset of the of a kidney donor that they 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 almost look at their second kidney as as something that is spare that they do not necessarily need and they can therefore give away. Is that is that the relationship with that organ that you've you've seen expressed before?
1: I have definitely seen that expressed. In fact, I've also seen expressed the fact that a lot of the donors wish they had another kidney <gasps> that they could donate. Clearly, they can't give their second kidney because then they'd be on dialysis. Right. But it's such a tremendous bond and good feeling that they have that they want to do it again. Um, And so it's a very special operation. There's no doubt about it. Um, And by the way, um, so I was able to do the first one for renewal, but for me, the one that was probably the most special in many different ways was the Tayag one. I did the 613th transplant for renewal. And I've always said when I go to Mina, I would joke with my friend from my Dr. group, I would say how I finally did 613, because uh, I'd never be able to do it the other way of reaching 613 <laughs> missiles. And he said, my friend which, uh, has said to me, in past, of course not, Stu, you're not a, a Cohen, you're a Levy. Of course you can't do 613 mitzvahs. You're right. So this is even better. Wow. So I've had the opportunity to do most of many transplants for renewal uh, and to see the love and affection that develops between the donor family and the recipient family. It's an unbelievable feeling, and I wish we could try to mimic this feeling Mm. and uh, this process in other ethnic groups, because then it would be a much, as uh, Louis Armstrong said, it would be a wonderful world we live in.
0: Right. Oh, my gosh, wouldn't that be true?
1: Definitely would be true. So it's been a very special run over the years to see people come forward to give a part of themselves to another person who they don't know. And what Renewal does, by the way, they don't allow the donor and recipient to meet before the transplant. It's only afterwards. And, and the, every donor and every recipient wants to meet their respective other half uh, because they've given so much of themselves. Right. And, and the donors become part of the renewal uh, of the recipient's family. Um, I've had this case of, of transplanting several uh, donors who are rabbis. And I remember one rabbi and I went to a uh, – he's modern orthodox like I am. He went to a Visionist wedding. We went because it was a uh, Visionist uh, recipient that he donated to, and we had a blast.
0: Wow, Uh, that is—it's a
1: wonderful feeling.
0: It it must be a wonderful feeling, both uh, you know, on from for both the donor, obviously the recipient, the recipient's family, and as the person who's facilitating all of this. it, It must be absolutely. Absolutely incredible. I wonder if you could just walk us through the process and, and I know that there are a lot of questions out there and for good reason about what it looks like to be a kidney donor. But I think before we talk about the process, because never you know, nevertheless you are giving away an organ. I I want people to right. understand the difference between what it looked like to be a an organ donor in the in the eighties when you started and now.
1: So the big difference is that the donations are done laparoscopically now, so that the incisions are much smaller. Um, You're in the hospital for a shorter period of time as a donor, and the recovery is much faster compared to what it was in the 80s and 90s, where it was done through an open incision, and so it's much more painful. Uh, The outcome was always the same, but for the donor, it was a much more painful operation. Um, In terms of the workup, it's really the same workup. I mean, we have to make sure that the donor has two kidneys, that there's no medical reason that they should not donate because, first of all, what we have to understand is not everybody can or should be a donor. Interesting. That's very important because many people... I I had one donor who came who had an anatomical abnormality and... Uh, he didn't care to hear about that. And I said, no, you can't donate. So he said, okay, I'm going to go to another program. I said, do what you want. So I happened to have called him up, and um, he still had not donated. And I said to him, I'll tell you what. Uh, and he was orthodox. So I'll tell you what. Um, I said to him, you go and speak to Rabbi Tendler, a Shalom, and ask him, because that was his Rebbe, ask him what he thinks. and And you have to tell him that, Dr. Greenstein, and I'm not a rabbi, but I joked with him. I said, Rabbi Greenstein said you cannot donate. And I'm sure Rabbi Chandler will tell you that you can't donate, if that's what uh, I say. And he was told by Rabbi if he couldn't donate. So here was a case where a, a man wanted to donate drastically. He really wanted to, but he wasn't able to. He should not, and he did not. And that's very, very important, because you have to live by the first rule. Do no harm. Mm to the donor first that person who's donating doesn't have to give their kidney they're doing this in the altruistic loving fashion because they want to help somebody else but the worst thing that could happen is that they hurt themselves
0: right and we
1: have to be guardians of these donors to make sure they don't do anything that may hurt them
0: and we should also mention that there's a and I mean this sincerely, there's a psychological workup, right? There's a conversation that needs to be sure. had with the donor first to make sure that everyone is conscious and of sound mind before making this decision.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, one of the most important things, I, one of the typical questions I ask and have asked in the past is, what does if um, the Ox donor, well, what does your spouse say? Because you want to show bias. Or what do your parents say? But the most important question is, what does your rebbe say? Mm. Because they can have a lot of people throwing their two cents in, and upsetting the apple cart. So you have to know. You have to know the donor. And I, being Orthodox myself, I know. You know, I know the. Uh, I know who I'm dealing with. I know the. I know the people. Right. And so I know. First of all, how to talk to them, and I know where the head is at. But you're right. So every donor nowadays is assigned what's called a donor advocate. So that donor advocate is for them, to advocate for them, to make sure that they're doing this for the right reason and that there's no reason why they shouldn't do it.
0: Wow. Renewal.org is where you can find information. Renewal.org is where you can find information, both on Miriam Pascal's case in particular or if you are looking to become a donor, if you want to be considered for a donor, if you just want to start the process and ask some questions, you can go to Renewal.org and have your questions answered. And Doc, I know this is not on everyone's mind, but I'm sure that we have plenty of listeners who are wondering about this, and, and I have a feeling you could speak about this in, in the couple of minutes that we have left. This, Renewal.org, is supported by and endorsed by great number of rabbinic authorities. So Correct. I, I just want you to walk us through that for a second.
1: In terms of um, they have gotten the approval of Rabbi Kaminesky, um Five O'Cohen, you name the big Rav. And they anyway have a, a, rav, a, a Rav who is an advisor for them when there's any kind of question that may go on. So they have gone the gambit of getting as many rabbis as they can to approve. And what you have to understand, there is a very, very small, small minority, if any, of rabbis who do not approve of live donations. Years ago, they would have said, maybe yes, maybe no. Nowadays, because it's such a safe operation, I don't know of any rabbi out there who would say no to any member who would come to ask the question, should I or should I not donate? Um, There is a fascinating story, by the way, along this line about rabbis donating, and I should bring this to your attention. There's a rabbi, he's a friend of mine, um, who was a rabbi down south, and one shop it was Shabbos Truma, I believe, he was speaking about donations, and he was speaking about organ donations. And he realized afterwards, wait, I'm talking to the Hebra, the community here about donating an organ. Well, I should put my mouth, uh, money where my mouth is. I should also think about it. So he, he, he figured, ah, you know, I'll go through the testing, but it won't happen. He went through the testing, and he was compatible to a recipient. Then he said, okay, I'm going to go speak to my wife. She's going to tell me not to do it. He spoke to his wife. His wife said, no, no, definitely, you should do this. He then went to his kids, and his kids, he thought also they were going to say the same thing. And they initially said, no, you shouldn't. But then they asked the uh, the Rav, uh, modern orthodox rabbi, um, tell us about the recipient. And he said that the recipient is a single mom, and she has two children. <laughs> his kids came back and said, Abba, you should donate. Uh-huh. Why? Because at least then those children will have their mommy to go on. We have you, we have mommy. God forbid something happens to you, we we'll still have mommy. Ugh. But we, those kids, need to have their mommy also. Wow. So he went and donated, and it's every time I've and I've spoken with him at organizations, and every time he gives that talk, it really, it hits me.
0: Yeah. Well, all, you, a, a yeah, that hits can me have too. have that
1: kind of logic,
0: right? And
1: say something, and. Um, it's a beautiful
0: sort. Out of the mouths of babes, right? Out of the mouths oh, of babes.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Really Dr.
0: Really. Doc, I have to thank you for your time. I, I know it's precious. I appreciate it. I also, by the way, noticed that I might have said Greenstein. Is it Greenstein?
1: I I go by either, as I, everybody <laughs> always asks me, because... This way I'm never called late for dinner.
0: There we go. Okay, well, Dr. Stuart Greenstein or Dr. Stuart Greenstein, I truly appreciate your time and certainly your commitment to Project Renewal and to the Jewish community. Continued Hatzlacha to you.
1: If any of your listeners have questions, if they want to contact me, clearly go ahead and give them uh, uh, info to contact. I'm more than happy to help. Any way I can help make somebody better, I'm all there.
0: Oh, Doc, what a... Wow, what a powerful, powerful message. Continued hatzlacha to you, sir.
1: Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Have a great night.
0: You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Segal Network. And again, any questions that you have about kidney donation, please check out renewal.org. You can also follow them on Twitter at Renewal News. And, of course, you can check out all of Miriam's information at Overtime Cook. She really is sharing a tremendous amount about her story and about her struggle as an inspiration to consider kidney donation for those who are in desperate need of kidneys. Again, that's at Overtime Cook and at Renewal News. At Renewal News and at Overtime Cook, sorry, is on Instagram. And, of course, you can check out Renewal.org. Do not change this dial, the virtual dial, of course. The afternoon continues with a full day of programming. The Live Lunch, hosted by Nahum Siegel, begins in just a few moments. Throwback Thursday at 1 p.m. Encore of JM Rewind at 4 p.m. And the Erev Shabbos show, hosted by Mark Zamek begins at 7 p.m. Again, we extend our condol- condolences to Rochelle Zomic on the loss of her brother. And, of course, to her parents as well. And we should always share smachot here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Of course, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, join Nachum Siegel as he hosts JM in the AM. Malcolm Malcolm Holmline joins Nachum at 7.40. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Siegel this Motzei Shabbos, or Motzei Shabbat, starting at 9 p.m. Matis, JM Sunday, 7 a.m. And we close today with Lev Nachon by Amir Dadon. I'm a little bit obsessed with this song. All right, more than a little bit. I'm a lot of bit obsessed with this song. And um, I hope you enjoy it. That's life, everybody. Bye,
2: guys. zwei <laughs> Batra let's me vedae. A is mad It's all I'm